All right. Hey, so let's uh, welcome to Legacy City Church Sunday evening gathering. Happy birthday to us since our relaunch one year ago, uh, first Sunday in March, we relaunched. That was an exciting, exciting day, exciting Sunday. Speaking of people that were there, Alex and Mariah. Oh, yeah, they're out of town. Oh, they're out of town. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to keep naming names, so (laughs) stay focused. Focus. Don't make me lose my focus. Yeah, a year ago, so this is awesome. Legacy City Church has been going a little longer than that, but yeah, you guys all know the story, the hiccups, the the lockdowns, the COVID nonsense that kept us from having public gatherings. But you know what? In the midst of all that, God worked things out. He shook us out of that Boys and Girls Club and gave us a fresh beginning house church for a full year, which was just wunderbar. It was wonderful. We ate a lot of good food during that time. We did. We basically had feasting and worship. And then we would do some teaching that I wasn't doing, so I was getting fed as well, which is awesome. I loved it. Good times. (laughs) So here we are, Sunday, March 6th, right? Is it the 6th? March 6th, 2022. Who would have thought? 2022, Dad. Here back in the 90s, I was thinking, yeah, the year 2000 seems like space age way out there. We're just flying right through this century. Okay, announcements. We have Wednesday night prayer, 7 p.m., worship and prayer. You're all invited if you want to come. We won't go into depth about that. Friday evening, we are going to be doing session nine of our healing course, and this week's theme is going to be healing and a prosperous soul. I thought I would share one takeaway just as a little carrot there, a teaser to dangle in front of you guys. The takeaway this week, for believers, unforgiveness is one of the greatest causes of physical affliction. Hmm. Think about it just just for a minute. Tonight, there's probably some of us in the room that could use some physical healing, right? Maybe, maybe you're just 100% well from head to toe. But more likely than not, maybe each one of us have a a little area in our bodies or in our spirit, our mind, our soul, some compartment of who we exist as. And maybe it's an area where we've been trying to get freedom or, or healing for years. Maybe not. But, but this is one of the areas that we can actually lift the lid on and take a look. Not we together. You know, we don't, won't, won't embarrass anybody. But it's a good place for you to do a self-examination between you and God when the Holy Spirit is shining his light over you and, and you're saying, Lord, I want to open up my heart. Would you show me? Is there anyone I need to forgive? He will show you. You don't have to look long and deep and take 20 minutes and just really think of someone really hard to forgive. If there's someone to forgive, they're going to just pop in your head right away. So this is a good place to start for healing. As the teaser says, unforgiveness is one of the greatest causes of physical affliction. Even secular counselors acknowledge that people need to forgive others before they can experience lasting good health. So it's not just a thing that Christians have the inside knowledge on. 
even non-Christians, even counselors, psychologists, they know that unforgiveness and bitterness can, can create sickness inside of us. And really, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, unforgiveness, I should say, when we carry it, if I carry unforgiveness, the only person who's suffering is who? It's me. The only person suffering is you if, if, you're, if you have unforgiveness or bitterness. The person that you need to forgive, they've probably long forgotten that instance. Maybe they've passed on. You know, you just never know. But they're probably not thinking of it, and it's probably not affecting them the way it's affecting you. And the quickest way to deal with it and to get rid of it is to ask God, is there someone I need to forgive? And if he shows you their face, the power of your declaration, the power of you saying out loud, Father God, I choose to forgive so-and-so. I choose to forgive them. You may not feel it. You don't have to have feelings that accompany the choice. Sometimes you just have to choose something and wait for your emotions and your feelings to line up with that choice. But the reality is the power of forgiveness. When God forgave you of all of your sins, he forgave me of all of my sins, something broke free inside of us. The weight that we were carrying of, of condemnation and guilt and shame, Jesus took it all away. And the same thing can happen when we choose to release that same forgiveness we've received to forgive people who've sinned against us. In light of the mountain of sin we were forgiven, when we forgive that little thimble full of offense or little molehill, something happens. So, you should come Friday night if you want to learn more about it. Man, that was a preach and that wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> Next Sunday, daylight savings time. I thought that was a good picture there. That's you guys laying in bed, slapping the clock off the table. Now, if most of us use our cell phones for alarm clocks, I would imagine, if you don't, maybe you should, especially if you don't think you'll make it here at 6 p.m. on Sunday. By 6 o'clock in the evening, you should remember it's daylight savings time. Just check your cell phone. Right, Judy? That's right. And hey, this is exciting. This is our first time ever as a church. We are going to do water baptisms. If you have never been water baptized, we would invite you to choose this opportunity to have that thing take place in your life. Water baptism, it's not an optional extra in the faith. It's one of the things that Jesus commands us to do. We are to go and preach the gospel and baptize all people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Paul, Paul said in the gospels, that if you believe and are baptized, you will be saved. Now, that doesn't mean baptism saves you, but it should follow your belief. In other words, having believed, you would take the next step of obedience to Jesus and be water baptized, because that goes with your salvation. It's just kind of like the full package. In the next breath, Paul says, but those who do not believe will not be saved. So he didn't say those who don't believe and don't get baptized. Baptism is just the accompanying step of obedience. Sometimes it takes us time to come to that decision, especially if you're younger people and you, you, know, you don't want to get wet in front of a bunch of people. I did my baptism uh, right after my 21st birthday. I was freshly saved. It was an Easter service at a, 
at a cessationist church of all places, a little brick building right across the bridge over here, Lincoln Avenue Bible Church. And I shared my testimony, shaking, dry mouth, and then they dunked me. That was it. It was all over. If you want to get water baptized, we can talk more about it. Just let us know it's something that you're interested in. And that will happen Easter Sunday, 6 p.m. We'll have a nice, warm, uh, bathtub, jacuzzi-style baptismal. We'll have it set up over in this side over here. And at the end of the meeting, we will have plenty of time. We'll make sure there's, there's room and time. And we will celebrate and drown people in the, the coffin of the baptismal. If you didn't know that, it represents burial. That's all we'll say for now. Okay, then, Sunday, March 20th. Okay, that's coming up in two weeks. Tammy and I are going to just step back into the shadow here, and i got a little promo video of what a BSSM team, BSSM team is. So here we go. You are called to shape history, born to impact the world, created to leave a legacy. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Through him, he has given the church the power to bring individuals and nations into freedom. We are committed to seeing Jesus get what he paid for, a world transformed through you. driven by a passion to raise up revivalists who pursue God, live the gospel, and release the kingdom in every sphere of influence. Revivalists who will go into all the world, say what he is saying, and do what he is doing. We believe we owe the world an encounter with the living God. Will you say yes? So Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, that is the school of ministry that Bethel Church in Redding, California has had going for a long time now. And we have the privilege of having about 13 to 15 of the students who will be traveling with a group of about 30 up to the Northwest a Sunday night. They just don't have a lot of churches that do Sunday night gatherings like we do. And we will get at least half the group that's going to come here. So if you were here last year and you experienced that, it was a wonderful time. They, <clears throat> we worshiped together with them, and then we in, introduced them and just released them to minister to our church. And that's what we plan on doing again. It's going to be a good time if you want to invite someone who has never encountered the presence of God and experienced prophetic ministry, like they've never received a, a personal prophetic word. Maybe you haven't. I would just say this would be a good Sunday to be here and also maybe bring someone that is like that. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. You guys excited about it? I am. Yeah. I know that at least every year that's going to be something that we have the, the blessing of receiving is when our friends, the Proctors, who have the Barn Church in Olala, and they, they host this group um, because they love us, because we love them. The Proctors are some of our favorites in the kingdom. And uh, yeah, we just, because of our, our friendship with each other, they want to make sure we get some of the goods. Right. 
So with that said, why don't we prepare for worship and stand together? Can we do that, guys? We're going to read a scripture together. This is kind of like the last three verses of what we read last week from Hebrews chapter 13. And if we get into the final half of chapter 13 tonight, then we will be done with that book, which would be awesome. Um, but here we go. You can read it out loud if you want, but if you don't want to, you don't have to. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 13, starting in verse 10. <clears throat> we feast on a sacrifice at our spiritual altar, but those who serve as priests in the old system of worship have no right to eat of it. For the high priest carries the blood of animals into the holiest chamber as a sacrifice for sin, and then they then burns the bodies of the animals outside the city. And Jesus, our sin sacrifice, also suffered death outside the city walls to make us holy by his own blood. Let's just pause here for a second, guys. As we prepare to worship tonight, as we prepare to not just sing songs because they sound nice and it's a fun thing to do a kumbaya moment, this, this is more than that. This is our opportunity as spiritual beings, not beings, spiritual beings, spiritual humans to step into a realm that is spiritual. And the, the realm that, is, that we're referring to is the realm of heaven. We're here on earth, but as sons and daughters of God, we get to step into the heavenly place, the heavenly realm, to worship Jesus, to give our thanks, our praise for all he's done, to lift up our sacrifice of worship to him because he's worthy, he's good. We get to do that not because we have earned the right to go there, but because of the blood of Jesus. He made us holy by his own blood. See, the blood of Jesus is your and my pos position and permission to step into the presence of God. Without the shedding of blood, the Bible says there is no forgiveness of sins. But because Jesus shed his blood on the cross once and for all, you and I, because of our relationship with him, we have received the forgiveness of sins. We have received the application of his precious blood over our own bodies, over our own lives, over our spirit. We've received his sacrifice. Tonight, we're going to be taking communion together at the end of worship. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to, again, remember the price that was paid, to do what Jesus said. He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, which is pretty hard to wrap your mind around him saying that. But he said, unless you do that, unless you take me in to yourself, you have no part of me. But as we take communion this evening, we're remembering that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood to cover our sins, and he now lives inside of us, those of us who have received him to come in and be a part of us on the inside. So it's his blood, it gives us permission, and we get to go to him and Jesus, our sin sacrifice, he suffered outside the city walls, outside of Jerusalem, outside of the walls and the garbage heap where they crucified criminals and murderers. 
we get to go to him, and that is where he went and suffered an innocent man, an innocent lamb of God for you and for me to take our sin, our guilt and shame, our sickness, our disease upon himself and give us that great exchange. So here's the rest of it, and then we're going to worship. So we must arise and join him outside the religious walls and bear his disgrace. For we have no city here on earth to be our permanent home, but we seek the city that is destined to come. So we no longer offer up a steady stream of blood sacrifices, but through Jesus, we will offer up to God a steady stream of praise sacrifices. These are the lambs we offer from our lips that celebrate his name. So that's what we're going to do. We don't have to sacrifice a little innocent lamb anymore. We don't have to take this creature that is without blemish, without sin, without fault, and offer it in our own place as a sacrifice. Jesus, he did the final sacrifice for you and I. And now our response is to, is to give him a sacrifice of ourselves, of our own lives offered to him, a living sacrifice. Our words of our hearts, our spirit, everything we are, we get to offer up to him this evening as our as our offering of worship, our lambs, as that scripture said. So let's pray. Tammy's going to pray us in and prophesy, prophesy what the evening's going to look like. Yes, Father, we just, we thank you, God, that, yeah, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for us, that you gave everything for us. We worship you. There's nothing we can do to make you love us more. God, we thank you that we don't have to strive for you to love us more. God, we just lay everything down before you. We want to get lost in you tonight. Come, have your way. Let your fire fall tonight.
come and, and take the throne of my heart. Take the throne of our hearts tonight, Lord. And make it your home. Take up residence within us, Lord. Seal us with your presence. Flood us with your love, King Jesus. King of love. King of heaven. High King of heaven. Commander of the angel armies. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is your name, Yahweh. Jesus. in you tonight, Lord. We celebrate you. We celebrate your kindness and your goodness. We remember tonight, Lord, what you've done for us, what you did on the cross, how you took our sin and our shame and our sickness upon yourself in your body. You carried it. You carried our weakness and brought by your stripes revelation would fall on us tonight, Lord, as to how deep that goes and what that truly means to be yours and to receive what you've done, the depths of the riches of your glory and your love. Grab your cup and grab your bread and then hold on to it. Just take it back to your seat with you. We'll, we'll partake together.
just take a moment. Let's just meditate on the Lord. Not new age meditation, but let's just think about the Lord. Think about, think about what he has done. Just have a time right now to interact with him. Just give him thanks. Thanksgiving and praise is the way straight into his presence. represents his body. This bread without yeast represents his body without sin. And the, the stripes on the bread, the holes that are pierced into it, reminds us of the holes that were driven through his wrists and his feet as he was nailed to the cross and the stripes that he bore on his back right before the cross as he was being whipped, his flesh torn open. All that for you and for me, he could have stopped it at any moment. He could have called down a legion of angels to come and destroy everything that was against him. 
but he chose to do the Father's will. The will of the Father was to send his one and only Son because he loved you and loved me and loved the world so much. He sent him and gave him to become the sin offering, the sin sacrifice, the substitute for you and for me. So Jesus, we hold this bread tonight. We remember what you did for us on the cross. Lord, I thank you. We personally thank you tonight that you took away our sin and our shame. You took away the penalty, the barrier, the wall that stood between you and me, between us and you. Now, because the, the barrier is gone, we can come freely into your presence. And our sin is no longer there as an issue but you have done away with it. You covered it. You took it away from us on the cross. Thank you, Lord. I just want to ask you guys, as you take the cracker and, and, and eat it, consume it, interact with the Lord and just know as you're taking it in and eating it that you are receiving him and make that an opportunity to give him more of yourself in exchange your life to him and his life coming into you so Jesus right now we just take this this bread and we take you in represents my life reconciled relationally to you and to others. until he returns until he returns 
will return to this planet and rule and reign as king. Thank you, Jesus. We drink this cup in full remembrance of all you've done for us. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You are a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. Lord, you are so kind and tender-hearted, so patient with people who fail you. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. You don't look at us only to find our faults, just so you can hold a grudge against us. You may discipline us for our many sins, but never as much as we really deserve. Nor do you get even with us for what we've done. For higher than the highest heavens, that's how high your tender mercy extends. Greater than the grandeur of heaven above is the greatness of your loyal love towering over all who fear you and bow down before you. Farther than a sunrise to a sunset, that's how far you've removed our guilt from us. The same way a loving father feels toward his children, that's but a sample of your tender feelings toward us, your beloved children who live in awe of you. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is good, guys. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. His mercies endure forever don't leave this place with anything else tonight, leave convinced, convinced that his love never fails. His love never ends. His throne is a throne of grace to receive 
a place to run unto and receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. It's not grace that enables us to remain going the wrong direction. It's actually grace that empowers us. It empowers us to run in the right direction. His grace is supernatural strength and ability to do that which we normally wouldn't be able to do apart from him. So with that said, are you ready? I'm gonna I'm gonna let the music go fade away. Oh, perfect. See how it wasn't like slamming on the brakes, it's just like coasting off the freeway. I asked Barbara if she would just share on our church birthday today just a few minutes of her personal testimony of what God has done in your life since you've been a part of this house. So if, if you're all ready for it, then and take, and take, take your time. First, I want to thank Father God for providing this beautiful space for us to come worship him such a gift um, okay so I think y'all know that I first like got saved in April last year by listening to um, a worship song sung by John Wilde at Jesus image and I can literally define my life as before and after that moment and then uh, within a few weeks, that was April, so within a, we, we went around to some different churches and nothing was really clicking. And Pam called my friend and we came here and I haven't left since. <laughs> so this is my home. You are my family and I love every one of you. I've learned so much from you. So, okay, a couple of the big things. So things, my life was kind of like I could define, I always was seeking joy, but there was always this like bind around my ankle uh, with a melancholy attached and I could never really separate that. And after a few weeks of coming here, it all just seemed to melt away. I just more and more receiving the heart of Christ that it just, I was where I was supposed to be. It just became so simple. That was like the first one. And then uh, um, I got into kind of a, a disagreement and just a lot of grief over uh, friendship. So um, I didn't know what to do about it. So I just spent a lot of time in worship and reading scripture and praying. I mean, like we're talking like six, seven, eight hours a day. And finally, at the end of about five days, I still didn't really have any answers, but then it was the first time that Father God actually spoke to me. And he told me, and I will never forget this, that I would begin to be healed as soon as I began to love myself even a little bit as much as he loved me. And that was just so profound. Since that time, I've been kind of melting that away and melting that away. And, and I think like in the last couple of months especially I've begun to love myself and my body has begun to heal so I mean I could give you a laundry list which would be really boring but anyway <laughs> um, okay the the third thing was like a couple of 
about, I think about three months ago, um, I really learned how important it is to pray every day, to worship every day, to read scripture every day, even if you can't devote a lot of time to it, just while you're doing other things, just still put all your focus on God, all your focus on him for at least a while, every day. So I had let a day or two slip. And then like by the by the third day, I just felt, began to feel like so much distance and then just grief. And I think like by the fourth day, it was like for two days. Anyway, there was a, there's so much pain. I felt like every wrong I had ever done, every bad thought I had ever had, everything, it just like came to the surface all at once. And it was so overwhelming. I was just almost crippled by it. I started to think, because I never did understand, like how, how do people turn to addictions? I just could never understand that. But I got it because... It's trying to escape the pain, not knowing that God is there, just looking for a way out. So after that, then I just realized, I mean, I'd always wanted to just give God the good stuff, like just give him the good stuff and praise him and worship and, you know, like he didn't know that the bad stuff was there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was just though at that moment in the in the fourth day, the second day of the, all this pain, I just began to think, it's like, I mean, I can only take this that I've done, Jesus in, the, in Gethsemane and, and with his sacrifice and dying on the cross for us, felt every sin, every pain that we'd ever created in our entire lives, everyone who's ever lived, he took that on and washed it all away for us. So how could I do anything less than I just laid it all at his feet and immediately it was gone. It, I can't begin to tell you, it's just gone. It's so fast. So that's when I really under, I began to understand what it was to actually surrender to God. It was all kind of a bad word in the surrender, in the society, like surrender is like, don't ever give up, especially in this country, don't give up. But that's not what that means. It just means giving everything you are, everything you have to Jesus. Again, it's like the day before and the day after, all these like epiphanies. It's just, he's so wonderful to us. So compassionate and so gentle and so faithful. He's always been there. I can look back in my life and know when he was there, even though I didn't acknowledge him. I could tell you just about every minute he was ever there. He's always been so faithful. So I want to thank Pastor Scott and Tammy for being so compassionate and so parental. They're my spiritual parents, even though I'm old enough to be their mother. <laughs> God is funny that way. Things are always kind of upside down. <laughs> so I would like to have you actually stand up and stretch your hands out to Scott and Tammy, and we would like to give them a fresh anointing because they are such special people. And this, the birthday of this building, of Legacy City Church in this building, I think it's only appropriate that we wish 
on you, Scott and Tammy, a fresh anointing. God give you glory that, because you always give God glory that you are so worthy of his compassion and his faithfulness and his love and you carry that in your hearts and you spread that to everyone. You touch everyone who ever comes in contact with you with that beautiful love and that openness and your parenting spirit. It is just who you are. We thank you. We receive your gifts and we would like to give them back to you. Thank you so much. And one last thing, like I see Jesus come here pretty much every week. Tonight, sometimes he's dancing, sometimes he's just walking around the room. Tonight he just he descended in a white robe with his hands out and his and his feet pointed down so you can see his open wounds or his compassion for us, for what he gave up for us. There's so much going on in the world now. He is calling us to step up into the purpose for which Father created us. And we are all either there or we're so close. So just surrender to him. Pass the little tests that he gives us because there are little tests because we have to earn his trust too. So we're all so close. <laughs> it's really, really exciting. God has really placed a lot of trust in us by putting us on the planet at this time. We are all warriors or intercessors or prophets or teachers, and we all have a calling. So I think you know what it is. <laughs> if not, you will soon. <laughs> wow, so don't think you're going to get away that easy. <clears throat> if you would just stand right here. See, I, I was thinking after she's done, we're going to have everyone <laughs> extend their hands towards Barbara. And then she went and pulled a table turn on us. So if you guys would just stretch your hands towards Barbara, because we like what we see and we want more. So do you want to go first? Okay, so is this good? Okay. Yeah, so Legacy City Church family, just turn on the fire hoses. No sprinkler tonight. We need a fire hose. Yeah, Father, thank you, Lord. We thank you for your daughter that you've blessed this house with. We thank you for your, your royal daughter, Barbara. We thank you, Lord God. We just bless. We bless. We bless in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, our King. We bless her, Lord, in your name. We bless her and we just speak increase, Lord. Increase, Lord. Let the intimacy the revelation, the fire increase in her life. Lord, the reward of her pursuing, seeking your face, your face she has sought, and your face is towards her. Thank you, Lord, for your presence on her life. And we just call out tonight, Lord, we call out that prophetic anointing, that prophetic gift that is unfolding and it's growing in its maturity, Lord. And we just say yes, yes and amen to it, Lord. And we just ask, God, that you would continue to pour out your grace and provision in every way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Kleenex? Kleenex? Oh, no, they're around. They're hiding.
starts calling out the golden. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you good? Yeah. Did you have more? No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. Well, you can sit down. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. That, that was fun. <laughs> so, um, I did invite anyone from our prophetic ministry team. So that's that includes you, Amy, uh, to come up, and Forrest, of course. Okay, I made a couple notes because I can't count on my brain worth anything anymore. But um, Rachel, you, for some reason, very highlighted to me tonight. Just very, like before we even started worshiping, I just felt like my heartstrings were being pulled your direction. And I don't know why, but um, I don't know how familiar you are with the book of Esther or the story of Esther. Um, if you're not familiar with it, maybe dive in there. It's a really great book. Um, but in, so basically, Esther, beautiful young woman, was kind of corralled as all these singer, single young women to go to the, go be with the king different times. I wouldn't have wanted my daughter in that. But anyways, <laughs> um, it says, now the young woman, Esther, pleased the king and she obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. And in chapter, that's still in chapter two, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the others. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen. And chapter four, picking up on a pattern here of favor. So it says, at some point, which you might have heard this verse, like you were born for such a time as this. Like today, now, you were born for such a time as this. And in Esther, she was used to save her people, but I felt like that was specific to you fumbling and bumbling here stop it be smarter than the phone i'm gonna get it okay so it was when the king saw queen esther standing in the court you are not to come to the court unless you were beckoned unless you if you went without being called you like get struck dead basically they'd they'd end you so he <laughs> She's standing in the court. She found favor in his sight, and he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And that's the, come on in, baby girl. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. And it goes on. Um, it's good stuff, the whole book, good stuff. But I just felt like um, I was writing down you are seen, you are known, you are loved, you are not forgotten. This is the time that God has placed you here for such a time as this. And um, I just feel like he just sees you and he loves you and he wants you to know that. Like it's not just a cliche, but he, he really truly sees you and he wants you to know that. So... He knows you. He knows your heart. He loves your heart. And it's a now time for you. And I don't know what that means, 
what's going on in your life, but I feel like it's a now time. So, so God, I just want to pray over Rachel and God, whatever you have to speak through that, Lord, I just pray that you would love on your daughter, Lord, that you have shown her favor, that you have granted her access to your throne room, that you have bid her to come in right before you and be in your presence. Lord, we just ask that that you would show her that you see her and that you love her and that you know her and that you are with her, that you are guiding her step by step. God, that she would feel secure in your love first and foremost, that she would cry out to you, Abba, Father, then also Jesus, lover of my soul. You were born for this time right now you have a purpose and a plan and a destiny and I just feel overwhelmed with the Father's heart for you lots of love lots of love You know, if there was ever anything anyone was saying about any of you guys that was kind of, <clears throat> we didn't like feel like it was the Lord, we might not like bring an abrupt correction right here and now, but that was definitely a yes, a yes word. <clears throat> you know, and, and I feel I could almost transfer this, that word to the male version for Sterling, because Sterling, I'm so glad that you've come back and, and hung out with us for a couple of Sundays now, and, and we don't know what the Lord has for you, but one thing I do know, I know for a fact, he loves you with an everlasting love. And your name, you know, your name Sterling, obviously, I'm pretty sure it refers to like Sterling Silver Maybe there's a deeper meaning to the word sterling. Someone can look it up sometime. There you go. Amy's going to look it up for us. But I just feel like, you know, just like sterling silver is valuable, it's precious. That's how God has, has seen your life from the day you were born. Like he looked over baby sterling. He's just smiling over this innocent little baby. And he knew your life. Hey guys, he, he knew your life. He knew day one to the very end. He knows it like a book, like one of his favorite books. That's how well he knows your life. And he just, I believe that in the days ahead, he's just going to begin to, the weeks ahead, he's going to begin to unveil and unfold to you um, glimpses and revelation of his love and his value that he has placed on your life. I think there's a mistake that the church makes sometimes when they say, it's not about you, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It is all about him. But because it's all about Jesus, and because Jesus loves you and everyone so much that he gave his life to bring you into himself, that you would become one with him, that you would become a part of his family, his body, then it becomes all about you too. Because when you're a Christian, your life gets hidden in Christ. He sees the treasure of who you are 
And he goes and he just seeks and pursues the sterling silver gem, the coin, the, the ring, the medallion, the chalice, whatever things that are made out of these precious uh, metals and, and stones. He goes after you and he pursues you and he draws you in until you say, yes, I want to be yours. Make me yours. Make me one of your royal possessions. And then he just takes you in to himself and you become his forever. But he does it because he loves you so much and he values you with this, this priceless value. There is no price that could be named to put on your head that he would pay to, to have you as his own. So we just want to bless you. We want to bless everyone with the same word. So if you're here listening, which I guess you're here and you are listening, unless you've turned your ears off, while you're here listening, take this for yourself because the Lord loves sterling that way. And yeah, he loves you the same way too. So we just want to bless you with that pursuit and that unveiling of his great love for you and value for you. Um, I recall that I think sterling would, would translate to genuine, authentic, and pure, highest quality. So genuine and pure. That's good. And you know, the funny thing is, sometimes we, we hear that about our saves. I think, our, our saves, we think that about ourselves. You know, we're like, oh, I think my name means something like loyal or, I don't know. It means from Scotland too, so. Tat oh, it means tattooed one as well, and I'm not tattooed. But, but in the spirit, you know, God, God makes no mistakes when he gives you, assigns you a name at birth. Your name may mean something really powerful, and maybe you don't feel like you live up to it, or your name might have a negative meaning, and you feel like, well, that's not me. God always has something to say about your name and about who you are. I may not be physically tattooed, but he has tattooed me. He has marked me. He has put his name over my heart like a banner. I belong to him, set apart unto the Lord. Just take that for yourself. Ponder that. Mine means palm tree. And I'm like, palm tree? What the heck? Like... I don't know. I mean, the palm trees are great, but you're like, that is so odd to me. <laughs> but then you think about what palm trees do. They bring shade, right? They bring shade and you get fruit from them. Coconuts, pina coladas, exactly. And um, yeah, and where are they? They're on the beach. They're in the most beautiful areas, right? So. Exactly. Don't and they over. don't fall over in hurricanes. Praise Jesus. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I'm not getting blown over ever. <laughs> but I always thought it was such an odd meaning to my name. I thought, really? That's it? <laughs> until, like, it was actually until more recently, until, like, probably this last year, that I was like, oh, okay, that's all right. <laughs> Revelation. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have... 13 and a half minutes left, and there's such a small amount of Hebrews, <laughs> such a tiny amount. I really do want to move on to another book, and I really feel like God is saying, Ephesians, Ephesians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where's Jill? That's Jill's word. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sit down, guys. Sit down, Tammy. You guys are you're sitting already. We're going to do this. Sit down, Palm Tree. That's right.
Whoa, bam. Okay, I will have fun with the palm tree things later on and tell Tammy what, it, what the Lord's telling me. <laughs> it's for me only to share with her. Okay, she's like, move on. Okay, here we go. So Hebrews chapter 13 was all about living to please God, right? So we're at the very tail end of it, and this is what it says. Verse 16, if I can get it to pop up there. There we go. Verse 16, we will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness for others. For these are tr the true sacrifices that delight God's heart. You want to know what makes God happy? It's when you mirror his heart. He is a God of compassion, of kindness. He goes after the broken. He is the God of the brokenhearted. He pursues. He heals. He loves. He, he just wants to pour himself over broken things and broken hearts and wounds and, and people who are trapped. And he wants to set them out of freedom, out of the trap that they're in. He wants to heal the brokenhearted. He wants to bind up the wounds. He's a God of, who's merciful. And, and gracious and kind and it makes him happy that's the sacrifice that he wants from us in return just to just to mirror his goodness mirror his kindness I know you're like me we get grumpy especially when people are in front of us in traffic <clears throat> that's all I'll say I won't say any more than that okay so here we go let's go into the next verse you're gonna love this this is my favorite part of the whole chapter obey your spiritual leaders <laughs> There we go. We're going to go ahead and dismiss now. Now that you know to obey. No. I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause that. I'm going to put a period after obey your spiritual leaders. Okay, listen. This is important. You get to choose whether or not you want to obey. And you can look at that, that Greek word obey and, and look at the, the various nuances of what it means. I don't think it's like do whatever they tell you to do. Because even if they say to do something that's a sin... There was a movement in the body of Christ years ago called the shepherding movement. Some of us were familiar with it. Some of the, the shepherds of that movement, like Charles Simpson, and, and there's like four other guys that were key uh, bringers of that movement of, of um, shepherding. It was called the shepherding movement. And that was where you were taught to submit to your, your spiritual leader. And it, it's like any theology, you can take it to an extreme left or an extreme right I'm, I'm reversing it for you guys so I, I know my left and my right extreme left or an extreme right and some of the extreme left was do whatever they tell you to do even if it's a sin because if you even though you're it's a sin if you obey them God's gonna bless you which is redonkulous right and then you could go the opposite direction and not submit anything to your spiritual leaders we, as a, as a body of believers, are called to be a family. And in a family and in relationships, there's wisdom in taking big decisions, big life decisions, and bringing them to people that you trust in the family. Yeah, you don't always take everything to every person and go around the whole room and then take a vote. There's, there's times where we need to get wisdom from one another. I believe that's what that scripture is talking about. So let's move on because we have 10 minutes left. Obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority for they keep watch over your soul without... Man, this is going to... Why, Lord? Why is this going to mess me up? We watch over your soul. 
<laughs> the words can sound so serious. We watch over. We watch over, guys. It's our joy and it's our calling in life as, as pastors to watch over, as, as overseers. We, it's, it's, our, it's what God has put in our hearts to do. We want to do it because we love to do it because we care. We care about the direction you're going in and where you end up. So we keep watch over your soul. Oh, for they keep watch over your soul without resting. Well, I do sleep, you know, but sometimes it can feel a little unrestful. Not with you guys. Since they will have to give an account to God for their work. So it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. Okay. So I feel like it would be helpful just for you guys, you guys get to choose however you want to deal with that verse, right? I'm not going to try to like put something on you to get you to do something that I don't even want. You know, I, I don't, I don't want people following me around. I don't think Tammy wants it either. People who are just yes men, yes women, whatever you say, we don't want to micromanage your lives. God forbid, got to manage my own life. In fact, part of the, the requirement of an elder or a leader is that I manage my own household well. Okay, because if I can't manage my own house, how can I manage the church? But my job is not to micromanage you. Okay, my job is to empower you guys and, and ourselves to become the royal sons and daughters of God who are pursuing maturity, walking with God in maturity. But I felt like this, because this is our first birthday today as a relaunched church, that it would be it would be kind of fitting just to pop in here, inject right at this place, just a little bit about, not much, but a little bit about who Tammy and I are and what our DNA is. Don't think weird stuff. I'm not going to draw some blood and put it under a microscope. When I say DNA, I'm talking about our spiritual DNA. What is inside of us and what is the vision God has given us as Legacy City Church and what we, we really prophetically prophesy, however we see this thing coming together. So you'll kind of get a, a glimpse of that. So here we go. And then there's like two verses after this that we're going to just pound through, something about Italians or something like that. Any Italians in the room? No? No Italians? Mikey, I know you said you got a Heinz 57 mix there. No Italian in there? You just love, you just love pasta? Okay, I'm sure we all have a little bit of Italian in it. Yeah, forget about it. There you go. Forget about it. Okay, so here we go. This is Tammy and I, and many of you in the room for that for that matter. Um, we've had about 20 years plus of leadership training and equipping, with a focus on church planting and raising up leaders. Okay, it started. Well, it started before our old church with with the Burroughs. Um, it began in our Foursquare denomination. We uh, stepped into leadership training because there was a desire and a call in me and in Tammy, and there was also the leadership of that church recognized it and called it out and pulled us in yeah. to opportunities to, to get trained and equipped. So we, we stepped into training and equipping then. It actually happened when I was a baby Christian. Like I was just this newly saved cigarette smoking still. Wasn't doing other drugs, but I was still puffing away on the Marlboro Reds in the box. You know, that was my brand, just so you know, Marlboro Red in the box. <clears throat> hey, had to be in the box because I like to pack them really good. So anyway, that's a rabbit trail, rabbit trail. <laughs> I mean, it is a rabbit trail. 
But God placed me in the middle of a Bible study group with kids that were on the street coming into a foster home for Bible study. And I wasn't teaching it. I was just there to kind of be supportive to the guy leading it who was a seasoned minister. And I know this is taking up too much time. I'm going to try to hurry up with this part. And I was just the, the newly saved kid with a testimony. I have a testimony as a Satanist and a drug user. And Jesus saved me, rescued me. And now I just smoke cigarettes. But that actually was going away fast too. Went to a men's retreat shortly after. God took it away because I wanted to not have that as a stumbling block. But it was there. It was the four-square denomination. And then we left that. We went to Impact Church, which was a five-fold ministry base. We were, we were pulled into that, that training and equipping to further with that whole angle of church planting. So after a decade of church planting from the two, all of the 2000s, 1999 to 2009, we were receiving this heartbeat, this DNA to raise up leaders, to see people come into maturity and to either help an existing church grow and to become mature or to plant a new church with a team. That was just, that was in us. And then after that church, it continued in every other place we were in until God gave us a prophetic word. So we, as Tammy and Scott Alcorn, experienced the power of a prophetic word, and you've all heard the story where a prophetic voice at a conference said, you are to go plant that church. And we knew the, the desire in our heart was pulled to the surface. Your heart is like a deep well. My heart, our hearts are like deep wells. They're like deep garden beds. And there are seeds of heaven, seeds of kingdom that have been planted in you over the years. And when one of those seeds is time to come forth and germinate and bring forth its fruit, the Lord will use prophets, he will use the prophetic to call it out. And that's exactly what he did with us. So as a couple who are like, go plant that church, now we're in Bremerton in our house with just our kids and everyone we know in Bremerton because we just moved back. They're already parts of churches. What do we do? Well, we just go through the process. Slow and steady. Just You're speeding through and then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything kind of unfolded quick and then it was like okay now you're going to go through the process God's processes are nice you know they're he knows what he's doing he knows what he needs to adjust in you and, and in me he knows your your little things that he wants to tweak and as one of our favorite old leaders of the past said most of you are one or two adjustments away from becoming very effective and powerful leaders just ponder that. One or two tweaks, one or two adjustments to become really effective. I'm just going to leave it at that. So what is the, what is part, this is just a, a smidgen of the DNA in us. We want to see the church become a training and equipping center. Whether it's a house this size or we grow out of this, I would love to see us grow out of it. It'd be really exciting because that means more people to train and equip and send out to do the ministry. See, you are all called to the ministry. I don't know if you knew that or not, but the Bible says that, that believers, Christians, are in God's, in God's identity over your life. We are a priesthood of all believers, a royal priesthood. So good evening, kings and priests. As one of our dear old couple friends used to say every Sunday when they would grab the microphone, good morning, kings and priests. Well, good evening, kings and priests. 
You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart by God to do the work of ministry that Jesus has prepared for you to do in advance. So here we go. Training and equipping. We are an apostolic prophetic foundation church. That means we believe that apostles and prophets, according to Ephesians 2.20, are for today. And the foundation, that means what we're building on, can stand strong if it receives input from prophets and input from apostles. We are not going to go into what an apostle and a prophet do. Most of you kind of already have bits of understanding of that or a lot of understanding. Just depends on where you're at in your journey. But Ephesians 2.20 and Ephesians 4.11 talk about the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, who are a part of the foundation with Jesus as the chief cornerstone, and then evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All five of those offices are to equip the rest of us, the priesthood, to do the work of ministry. So we're going to move on. We got a minute. Oh, we got 10 seconds left. Now we're going to we're going to bust through this. We are called to heal hearts. So if you've been in this church long enough, you're going to catch it. It's just you're going to catch it. We don't have to teach you because Jesus wants to heal hearts. And if he's living in you and there's this flow that happens in this place of God touching hearts and healing hearts, then you're going to recognize this is my family. We are called to heal hearts. We've received that as a prophetic word multiple times before we even had a building, that God is calling you to, to heal hearts, physically and spiritually. Yeah. A people established in their royal identity. You're not a worm and you're not just a sinner saved by grace. You're not just a filthy dirtbag who gets it right occasionally, but God just tolerates you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are of high value to God. There's an expensive price on your head. He was willing to pay the price to redeem you, not because you're trash that he thought he would try to make something out of, but you're a, a priceless work of art that God created, and he sees your value, and he's put destiny and purpose in your life that he, he's dreaming to see fulfilled over your life and in my life. Yeah. Established in your royal identity. A priesthood of all believers. We already said that. A priesthood of all believers who are a people of God's presence. Not just doing our own thing that we just feel like we've learned to do, but with his presence resting on us and leading us in every in and out of what he wants to do. We want to have our ears and our hearts always turned and yielded towards him, towards his voice, towards his face, so that we do and learn, learn to, to hear what he's saying and to do what he's telling us to do. People of his presence. Covenant relationships. That means we are in covenant with Jesus through the new covenant of his blood on the cross that was ushered in for us as adopted sons and daughters receiving the spirit of sonship or daughtership if you need that. And then that makes us brothers and sisters, family covenant family built in relationships with honor a sense of family and re realizing and, and recognizing individual significance there's not one person in this room that's not significant to what God wants to do to his kingdom you are not insignificant in his family if you belong to Jesus you have great significance you have great anointing and authority that he has put on your life waiting for you to jump into and begin to release in, in throughout your life wherever you go in your sphere 
a house of inner and outer healing. I didn't know how else to make it short for one line in any Audi. Who's an innie and who's an Audi? Uh, don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. I don't want that visual. Okay. A house of inner healing and outer healing. We want to we have in place in this house inner healing, which could be Sozo, Bethel Sozo ministry. And we also want this house to be a healing room, a place where people can come and actually experience physical healing from the power of God moving in this place. One team, many leaders. This is not the Scott and Tammy show, and it never has been in our hearts for that, and it won't be in the future as God brings leaders who, well, I believe that everyone in this room has leadership capacity to some, to some level. So whether you are a leader who just leads your own life and family well, and you, you just are a saint who wants to, who, who wants to release your, your love and your gifts and your time and your, your talents into the house of God to build and, and increase kingdom, kingdom values in this place. Or if God has, has put inside of you a place of leadership where you are meant to be one of those out front people that speak. Not everyone is meant to have a microphone in front of their face, okay? Or I would just pass the microphone around and that would be our meeting. We would all give our input of what God's, so you understand what I'm saying. But we wanna recognize leadership potential on everyone and specifically when it comes to the preaching and the teaching and ministering up front, we see a team. This is, we prophetically envision a team of leaders who are ready to hear what God is saying and, and release that into the body. You guys good? You good? We're four minutes, five, five minutes past. We're going to knock out those two verses. You'll forgive me later. I know you will. Because you're good people. Keep praying for us that we continue to live with a clear conscience. For we desire to live honorably in all that we do. And I especially ask you to pray that God would send me back to you very soon. Well, we don't need to you know, focus on that scripture because we're all here together, right? Okay. Last section, oh, I guess that's not the last, but it's almost. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, may he work perfection into every part of you, giving you all you need to fulfill your destiny. And may he express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to him through your life union with Jesus, the anointed one who is to receive all glory forever. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, and the last portion. My dear brothers and sisters, that's you guys. I urge you to let your spirits flow through this message of love that I've written to you in these few words. I want you to know that our brother Timothy is free again. Okay, so you can go back and read the history of this. Paul and Timothy had a unique relationship as a father, spiritual father and son. <clears throat> our brother Timothy is free again, and as soon as he arrives here, we'll come together to see you. We extend our greetings to all your leaders and all the holy believers. The Italian brothers, forget about it. The Italian believers also send their greetings in Italian, I guess. Now may God's wonderful grace be poured out upon you all. And again, we said, amen. amen. All right, so let's stand up.
Jesus, we just release your grace over every person in this room tonight. Lord, we release your favor, your kindness. We release heaven and the dreams of the Father over every person tonight that we would dream big dreams with you, that the things that are in your heart, we would each individually grab hold of, that even in our sleep tonight, we would, we would receive kingdom dreams and kingdom rest. And as we awake, that we would seek your face and we would seek your heart for the things you have for us to run into. So God, we just bless everyone in this room tonight with the blessing of heaven, with the blessing of King Jesus. And we just thank, we thank you, Lord, for every heart in this room and all that you're gonna do in their lives and in this house and in the days and years to come, Lord. We just give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you want prayer tonight, you know what to do. Just come hang out up at the front. Otherwise, there is a ton of sweets and fruit to go eat. So get it before the kids get it. Um, I know some of you watch or listen to um, live stream or to um, Elijah stream on Rumble. There's a there's a prophet named Yvonne Adia. She's Egyptian. She recently came out with a testimony about going from like uh, a following of like four people to six million people in like more or less days it's really powerful there's one other one uh, just before that it's a um, it's a vision that she was shown about uh, the, the fragrance of God and it's really beautiful it's completely changed the way I pray I just earth shattering so